bless the Lord, everybody. God bless you. We are Impact Your Today today. We are here live with you today, and we want you to hit the share button right now. It's right about there because we're about ready to tackle uh, a subject matter that's foundational, but every believer needs to come into an understanding about what I'm going to talk about tonight. I'm going to look at three keys to successful Christian living. And these keys are fundamental, foundational truths I believe that we need, older Christians need to revisit, younger Christians, you need to partake and understand and get this in your spirit today. So I want you right now to invite some folks over. If you know a new convert, I want you to invite them over right now. If you know someone that's coming back, Maybe they were they left the Lord and now they're coming back and renewing their heart with God. They need to hear this because these things is going to help them to grow. Why are you saying this, preacher? Listen, I got over 30 plus years of serving God. Hallelujah. And haven't went back since. Glory to God because God's saving grace can keep you saved. Hallelujah. But I want to share these principles and with brothers and sisters today. So take the time, invite someone right now. If you know someone, type their name and say, come on over uh, or, or hit the share button. If you can do that, that will be a blessing to us. Before we go into the word of God, let's pray and ask the spirit of truth to help us today. So Father, I thank you, God, for your grace. I thank you, God, for your goodness. I pray for every man and woman that's listening today asking for the Spirit of God to move and to touch and to reveal the goodness of the Lord. So I pray, God, as you give them, God, the revelation of your word, God, I pray that change and transformation will happen tonight. I pray for those that need healing in their body. I pray for those that are going through difficult situations, Lord God, that the presence of God will direct and lead them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and everybody says, amen and amen. I just want to jump right in right now and just go for it because it's so important that we get a hold of that right now. Hit the share because you care. Share, share, share because, you're, because you care, care, care. So three keys to successful living. Now, I'm not talking about perfectly living. But I'm talking about successful. What I'm talking about, being complete in Christ Jesus. Being able to stand the test of time. What do you mean by that? There will be testings will come in seasons of your life. Testings of temptation. Testings of trials and tribulations. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that has obstacles and opposition against you and I. Listen, child of God, I'm saying that if you haven't uh, been into a trial lately, you just got saved then. You just enter into the kingdom of God because if you've been in the kingdom for a while, you know there's an adversary and you know there is times of trouble and challenges before us. So as I go in this, I'm going to use certain terminology. I'm going to use constructions, carpentry, terminology, to get across the word of God tonight. So I'm going to look at three words. I'm going to look at foundation. 
I'm going to look at foundation means the absolute building block of what we're building on. It's the, it's, it's the beginning ground of what we're going to build on. We're, we're going to look at uh, framing. Framing. Framing is a carpentry word or carpenter word, meaning that putting structure like the uh, bedrooms, the walls, and the, 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 the kitchen, and putting the structure in the house. After you form the foundation, you start putting in the different rooms in the house. It's called the framing. And then the final one is called finishing. Finishing is putting all the elements of the, like the lighting and, and the paints and the cabinets and all the, uh, uh, the, 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 the door handles and all the small things that make up your home is called the finishing, the finishing of the completion of the house. So I'm going to start using these terminologies. These are carpentry words that they use in uh, building houses. But I'm going to break it down spiritually. But as we go into this, building your Christian life so you'll be able to succeed. First thing I want to look at, listen, new convert, foundation. Foundation is so, 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 so important. So important. Because this is where everything is placed upon is your foundation. How you build your foundation will determine how the rest of the house will be built. God wants you to build the foundation upon Christ and his word. Hallelujah. The foundation is this. The first part of your foundation that you must get a hold of to build your foundation is this. It's the word of God and the spirit of truth. I'm going to say it again. The spirit of God and the word truth. Well, you said, preacher, that's two things. No, no, it's not. Not really, if you really study the word of God. Because the word of God and the spirit of truth goes hand in hand together. They are one. They work one together as they build your foundation. And this is your build, your foundation, because the cornerstone of your faith is who? Is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says he is the chief cornerstone of our faith. In other words, when you build a house, the cornerstone is the setting block is where the foundation is laid. In other words, that is where everything comes off of. When you build a foundation, it's coming off the cornerstone. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone because he's perfect in every which way. So your foundation, how you build your foundation is off of Jesus Christ. And how do you build your foundation? Off the word of God and the spirit of truth. They are one. They are one. And because it is one, it is be able to build your foundation correctly. Let's go into this a little bit. The scripture I want to use to pull out the foundation is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says, the word of God the Word of God, the Bible, says the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Then it goes, it says, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Hey, 
this is a mouthful. The Word of God knows the mind of God, and it reveals the will of God into the depths of your spirit. It knows what it needs to be in your life. The Word of God is the mind of God. It is the absolute understanding of God. So the Word of God is so important for you to get it into your spirit, uh, into your into your heart. Why? Because it's a discerner. In other words, you be able to what? To discern what is true and what's not true. See, if the Word is in you, the lie cannot come. Oh, don't you miss that. Don't you miss that. When the discerner, when the Word of God in you, you cannot be deceived. Why? Because the truth is within you. And it, the Bible says it's a discerner. It's able to pierce into the depths of your soul and your spirit. What does that mean? In other words, it's the completion of everything that you need. Everything that you need as a man or a woman of God, the Word of God has everything that you need inside of it. Glory to God. It knows what you need to, how you need to think, how you need to walk, how you need to talk, how you need to be. And everything that you do, the Word of God is complete. The reason why I'm emphasizing this, because in the old human element, we're always looking for something else better. But let me tell you something, the Word of God is the greatest piece of understanding of God that you can get a hold of, and it's never changing. It's absolute. It's always will be, and it always will be forever, 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 forever. Glory to God. The Bible's telling us that the Word of God, the first thing it says, it's living. Those words in that Bible of yours is living. And when the word, the logos, or the written, hits your spirit, it comes alive. Because that word has the Holy Spirit upon it, and it comes alive in your human spirit, and it brings forth life. It brings forth the life of God inside of you. And this is why you, young Christian, new convert, to understand it's okay to re read other books and helps, but it's not the absolute book. <laughs> it's not the book. The only book that you need to stand on is the Word of Truth, the B-I-B-L-E, the Word of God, that you must be devoted to it every day because the Word of God is what? Living. That's what the Word is telling us. It's living. It's life-giving. And it shall sustain you. And it shall give you discernment. It shall guide you. It shall lead you. It shall reveal the truth to you. And it says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. I did a little study on a sharper than a two-edged sword. It means it cuts from both sides. My God, don't miss it. Don't miss it. It cuts from both sides. It might cut some things out at the same time, and the other cutting, it might heal on the other side. The Word of God will come in and cut away that bad attitude. Oh, the Word of God might tell you, slow to speak, slow to anger. Oh, come on. But with everything in prayer and supplication. In other words, it just cuts you right there and bring healing on the other side. It's a two-edged sword. It goes in one way and comes out another way. The Word of God is deep. The Word of God is deep and it knows what it needs to do in your life. 
Listen, new convert. Listen, young man. Listen, young woman. If you get a hold of these three key principles, I haven't even reached into the to one yet. I haven't even reached to the Holy Spirit yet. But the Word of God is your life-giving source. Think of it as food. Can you imagine if you don't eat any food for days? What will happen to you? Starvation will set in. Then you start corroding away. Start, 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 start uh, getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And then your organs will shut down. And then eventually you will end up dying. Now think about this. But when you put the word or when you put food in your system, what happens? Your body comes alive. It's the same thing. Put that word, put that food, the word of God in you so you be able to come alive. So you must see the importance of the Word of God. Don't look at it as another book. Don't look at it as another article or another thing that I do or another religious thing. No, it's life-giving. Every time I partake of the Word of God, every time I read the Scriptures, uh, every time I read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, something happens inside of me. When I read about the church, when I read about the book of Acts, something happens. A Holy Spirit starts stirring in me. When I look at Romans and First and Second Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians, when I I just when I read the word of God, my life comes alive. I have a spiritual life. Now, secondly, I don't want to stay there too long. Glory to God. The, the, the other part of number one foundation is the word and the spirit. Now, listen to this. The spirit and the word goes hand in hand together. The word brings the direction. The word brings the leading. The word brings the structure in your life. How do you know the will of God? The Word of God. The Word of God will give you the instructions that you need. The Word of God will lead you. But listen to this. But the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you, lead you, and do everything that you knew. It's the life source. It's like the water flowing into the rivers. It brings life into the rivers because why? It's flowing. The Bible says in John 16, 12 through 15, it says this. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. That's Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He's about ready to go on uh, to be with his father. And he's talking about the advocate or the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. He's in this portion of scripture. He's basically, he says, better for me to go away than for me to stay. Because now I'm going to bring the one, the promise to you so you be able to have God in you now, not just upon you, but now you have God in you and live in you for, with wherever you need to go, the spirit of truth will be with you. Now look at this. Let's go back. John 16, 12 through 15. It says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, what? What will happen? He will guide you into all truth. Not some truth, but all truth. I just want to stop right there. I, I just had a moment, John. You know, several years ago, there, there, there was that, I keep bringing this up, but there was this man that said that he was Jesus, remember? He's going around saying that he was Jesus. He was in Puerto Rico and he was in the Caribbean and, and all this. And there was a whole lot of people following him. Whole lot of people following him. That reveals to me that people were following him out of emotions, off of feelings, but not out of the word of God and not the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells me that 
The Spirit will reveal the truth, not some truth, but all truth. And the truth will reveal who? The Christ and the only one. Next time Christ will come, he's going to come from the sky. Glory to God. He's going to split the skies. And when he actually comes on the earth, he's going to come with a rod of truth. Hallelujah. And he's going to set up his government. I don't want to get off track, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When the truth in you, the lie cannot come. And the spirit of truth will reveal truth to us. And it says he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future, and he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And this is just a portion. If you read chapter 15 and chapter 16 of the book of John, you will see what the Holy Spirit's all about. It's life-giving, life direction, counselor, advocate, everything that you need, that the Spirit of truth and the Word of God works hand in hand. It takes the Logos and the Spirit comes, the Spirit comes and brings forth life. This is the foundation of you as a Christian. Your foundation needs to be built off the Word and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit and the B-I-B-L-E. That's the foundation. And we know this, but this is the major key that every believer needs to understand. Well, some of you probably say, oh, preacher, I already know this. I know I need the Word. I know I need to read the Word of God. I know I need the Holy Spirit. But why are you not doing it? Why are you missing it? Why, when the last time you got into the Word of God, when the last time you went to church? God forbid. Could you imagine if you only ate one time, one time a week? What would you look like? Oh, come on. You wouldn't be able to walk. You'd be so weak, you couldn't walk. But why do you treat your spiritual life like that? That's the reason why you need to get that foundational truth and understand why it's so important that every day I need the Word. I need the B.I.B. I need to get something inside of me. I need the nutrition of the Spirit of God. I need the Holy Spirit to speak to me, to lead me, and to guide me, and to teach me all truth. The greatest teacher is the Holy Spirit. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. I thank God for men. I thank God for good teachers. But that's not the ultimate teacher. The ultimate teacher is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate teacher. He will reveal why. That's the reason why Jesus says He will show you all things. He will teach you all things. He will guide you in all things. And my truth will establish you. That means His Word. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my Word will never pass. Meaning the Bible's not going anywhere. I don't care how many doubters or unbelievers or atheists or whoever you are you cannot stop the word of God the more that you persecute us the greater that the word of God's going to be the greater that the spirit of God there is a revival in the land I'm telling you it's coming upon the earth you cannot stop God God is moving God is the great I am and he's moving upon the earth and he's setting up his kingdom the kingdom of God is at hand and I'm saying get ready get ready get ready because the outpouring of the spirit of God is upon the earth and the children of God the remnant are the group of people that God's pulling together are getting hold of this 
That's the reason why you, man of God and woman of God, God's driving you to the Word of God. God's driving you to your needs to pray and seek the Spirit of God. Because we're living in such an hour. Because God is raising up the kingdom of God. God is raising up His men and women. And they will be founded upon the Word of truth. And they will have the Spirit of life within them. They will be people full of life and full of the Spirit. Glory to God. And they will walk in this earth. Uh, not a shame of the gospel because it's the power that set men free. It's the gospel that set me, me free. It's the gospel that sets you free. And we need to walk in the power of the great I am. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. That is the foundation. That is the foundation. When you build your house, you got to set the foundation. If your foundation is strong, your house is going to be strong. And the way that you establish your house is the word of God and the spirit of truth. Glory to God. Now, secondly, let's go to the framing part. I knew you know all about the word and the Holy Spirit, but I want you to get the revelation of it. The framing part is so important. That is when they come in with two by fours and they start making the separation from the kitchen and to the bedrooms and to the living room and the bathrooms. And they start framing up the house in the way of the blueprints, meaning that God has a blueprint for every last one of us. The Bible tells us that God knew us before we were in our mother's womb. God had a plan for us before we were ever thought of. Glory to God. Before we were ever thought of, God had a blueprint for you and I. Oh, I can preach that right there. That means you're not here by accident. I don't care your mom didn't want you. I don't care your dad didn't want you. I don't care hey, your grandparents didn't want you. But God wanted you here because God wanted you here. Hallelujah. God has the blueprints of your life. And the framework, the framing of your house is this. The framing of your house need to be this. Listen, as you frame the house, you need to frame your mind. You need to frame your mind. Listen, new convert. Listen, young man. Listen, young lady. You got to frame your mind according to the word and to the spirit which you have founded. Your foundations are built upon the word of God and the Holy Spirit. But the framing of your house, of your spiritual house, has to be framed upon your mind. What are you talking about? Listen, listen, listen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, let's dig into this a little bit. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let, the, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind will find acceptable. Now listen to this. Don't, don't change the channel yet. Don't change it. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy. Listen, he's talking to Christians. Listen, listen. Get with me. He says, don't copy. Oh, it just jumped on me here. He says, let me, let me read it. He says, and dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind will be acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't, now listen, here we go. 
don't copy the behavior of the customs of this world. He's talking to believers. Listen, listen, young man, listen, young lady, you start your walk out. He says, don't set your life in the pattern of the world. Your life has been taken care of. Your spiritual life has been taken care of this way. You've been transformed. Why? Because God saved you and now you're on your way to heaven. But it says, don't copy the behavior. In other words, your lifestyle. The framing is the framing of your mind. It's how the house is going to be. He says, frame your mind according to the customs of God, not to the world. It says, don't copy the behavior of the customs of the world, but... Come on, that conjunction right there. Change of thought. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Oh, now this Paul's right there. To change you into a new person is to change your way of thinking. Now, Everybody's saying, I thought I was changed when I accepted Christ. You are. Your spirit has been changed. Why? According to 2 Corinthians, what? 5.17. Old things pass, has, has been gone and new things has become new, right? That means that your spirit life has been taken care of, but the life that you will walk in in this life, your mind needs to be transformed to walk in the new position that God has given you. Don't miss it. You've been changed. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. But now, to live that lifestyle, your mind has to be changed. Because the customs of your mind is still of the old. And the only way to change it, you got to be what? Transformed. Totally changed. Like a new, just like that, just like that butterfly. Just like that butterfly. It was a caterpillar before, but all of a sudden, it takes on a transition, it takes on a form and becomes a beautiful butterfly. That's the same way that God wants your mind to change. He wants you to get your mind out of the old and get your mind into the new. It says this, look, don't copy the behavior of the customs of the world, but let be transformed by the renewing or the or, or changing of the way that you're thinking. Why? Because if you don't change the way that you think, you still will continue, continue to walk in the old ways. That's the reason why you can't hang out with old friends. Hello, somebody. You can't be hanging out with the old crew. When you're getting high, getting loaded and everything like that, you can't be hanging out there because that's where your old way of thinking is over there. You've got to come out of that. You can't live in the customs, the Bible says, the customs of the world. You have to change it. Who you hang around with, eventually you become. And I know some people say, oh, preacher, you, you, you too radical. You too radical. You, you try to say I can't hang out with my buddies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because your mind has to be changed and transformed according to the customs of God. Now, some, some preachers might say that's a little bit too radical. But let me tell you something. I understand that because I remember when, when I received Jesus Christ at 19 years of age, after I received Jesus Christ, I was in Arizona, came back to Pennsylvania, and then a bunch of guys took me to a party. I was saved, loved Jesus. And I was sitting in that party, and I was checking things out. This was my last and final party. 
doing drugs over there, smoking over there, doing this over there, all kinds of things. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God revealed to me, you can't be here. This is all a lie. All of a sudden, I saw people laughing, and God revealed, he showed me, he says, they're all faking it. They're fake. They're miserable. I got up and left, and that was the last party I ever went to. Because that is not my custom. I have a new way of thinking and a new way of doing. Glory to God. You have to change the way that you think. How do you change the way that you think? Just go back, foundational, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit will change the way that you think if you stay, if you allow the framing of God's Word to frame you. Oh, come on. As God framed your house, He's changing the way that you think and He's setting up rooms in your life spiritually so He can have access in your life. Remember what I said, the blueprints come from God. God has an original plan for your life before you even entered here. And, and the master wants to release his ways of doing things. In other words, the way that he wants to set up that kitchen, the way that he wants to set up that living room. In other words, he says, stick to the blueprints. Let him, let him, Jesus, let the Holy Spirit form you into what God wants you to be. There's too many Christians are allowing themselves to be formed in the way that they want. And they wonder why they're carnal Christians. They wonder why they can't live more than three months serving God. Because you are becoming the, 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 the master of framing your own house. But you can't frame your own house. Only God can frame your own house. That's the reason why the Bible tells us to come out from among them. And let God frame your house. You've got to be renewed in the way that you think and the way that God reveals himself to you in Jesus' name. It says, don't copy the behavior of the customs of this world, but let God transform you in a new person by changing the way that you think. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You do what you're thinking about. Eventually you will. Whatever's in your heart and whatever you're thinking about, you eventually will do. If you change the way a man thinks, if you change the way a, a, a woman thinks, you can change the direction where they're headed. If our thinking is according to the word of God, guess what? We're going to walk in the kingdom of God. And then it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Let, let me tell you something. John, you know how many times people... Uh, 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 individuals has come to me and say, what is the will of God for my life? You know how many times? Many, many, many times. People say, I want to know the will of God for my life, right? The will of God for your life is, setting, is sitting on your lap right now. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. It's right there. The will of God is in the Word of God. As God speaks to you, as God imparts into you, He will reveal or expose his word in you, so you'll be able to walk it out. That's the, that's the reason why your mind has to be changed. That's the reason why you can't hang out in the world. Because you won't have the mind of Christ. And you don't know his will. <laughs> See, to know his will is to know his word. I hear so many people saying, oh, uh, if, it, if it's your will, I know what his will is. It's right there. <laughs> he has given us his will through those 66 books. From Genesis to Revelation, he has revealed his will to man. If we can get half of that, we'd be all right. Oh, come on, somebody. 
Oh, come on now. What is God's will for my life? It's, it's right there. We need to, just need to pull that thing out. If we spend time with the Word of God, the Word of God will expose itself and reveal itself. Because the Word of God is hidden, is hidden from, the, from the world. But to us, it's been enlightened through the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on now. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal the truth. That's the reason why they didn't recognize the Word was in the midst of them. Come on. Jesus was in the midst of them. The Word was there. But only way that they knew who was the Word by Peter knew the Word was there. What? He says, the Spirit of Truth revealed this to you, Peter. He says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But the Spirit of Truth revealed this to you. <laughs> he says, you are the Son of God. Hallelujah. It's the same thing for you and I. It's not really difficult. But you got to catch it. You got to catch it by the Spirit of, Spirit of God. See, God wants to take His Word and reveal the revelation to you so it can be made manifest in your life so you can walk it out. See, the Word of God, the Logos, the revealing, the revelation, and then what? The manifestation. Or, in other words, you're walking this thing out. Oh, people, let God frame your mind. Let God reveal, because another translation, I, I know I'm going to, I need to get to the third point, but I want to make sure that we're getting a hold of this. It says, uh, I think it's King James or New King James, it says that as you allow the word, it will, it will bring forth a testing. In other words, you'll be able to test what is true and what's the will of God. In other words, you'll be able to discern it because why? Because the word of God is the tester to be able to test if it's if it's of the Lord's will or it's not. In other words, should I be with this guy? Oh, come on. Some of you dating out there. Line it up with the Word of God. Line his life up with the Word of God. Is he trying to build you up in the, in the faith in God? Is he trying to lead you to be a better woman of God? Or he's trying to do something else to you? Oh, come on. Line it up with the Word of God. Line it up with that relationship. Oh, come on now. Your life. Line it up with the Word of God. That is the tester. You will bring forth your life to the test of God through the Word of God and reveal the will of God to you. The Word of God. If you change the way that you think according to the Word of God, you will know the will of God for your life. Let God frame your mind. Framing, framing. Let him frame. Let him put that kitchen in there. Let him put that living room in there. Let him put that certain... Let him. Let the blueprints be real to your life. Because God knows best. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, let's go to this part here. Finishing. That's the details. The details is like the fixtures and the paint and the cabinets and the flooring. It's all the good things. It's all the goodies that you see. It's the finishing. The more, the better the, the finishing you have, the better the house is. Because that's what the eyes see is the finishing work. The cabinets, the nice carved cabinets, the nice shiny floors, the new this, the new knobs and all this stuff. That's the finishing. What is that? The finishing is, where, is, is how God, is how God has the ability to apply his hand upon your life. What do you mean by that? The finishing is this. It's how God has access in your life. Are you pliable? See, his ability to apply his hands 
in your life is the finishing or to what makes us look beautiful. And what forms us, it's what a lot of people admire. You know something, a lot of people admire certain preachers, certain teachers. Oh, I wish I can do that. All you're seeing is the finishing of what God has put upon that man or that woman's life. It's really the hand of God shaping and molding their lives. Somewhere in their life, they allow God to finish them, to polish them. And that's why people are so amazed by certain people. Oh, man, I love this preacher. I love this teacher. I love this uh, prophetic person or this apostle or this whoever. Well, what you're seeing is the finishing of what God has done in that person's life. Because let me tell you something. It's not a man. It's not a man's work or effort. It's God's anointing upon their lives. The finishing is the anointing of God on one person's life. How do you, where do you get this at? Well, I looked at a portion of scripture in Jeremiah chapter 18, 5 through 7. I want to read this. Look at this. He's speaking to Israel. Jeremiah 18, 5 through 7, it says, Then the Lord gave me this message. Look at this. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. So if you read the story, if you read the story out of Jeremiah chapter 18, God sent Jeremiah to look at the potter, go down to the potter's house, because he wants to do the same thing as the potter is doing to the clay. What was he doing? He was forming the pottery or the, or the clay into a beautiful pottery. But you must understand something about the clay. It's only as good as it is pliable. Oh, don't you miss that. The clay is only as good as it is if it's how it's pliable. If the clay is pliable, the potter can shape that clay into anything his heart and his imagination desires. But if that clay is hard, resistant, stubborn, oh come on now, prideful, if it if it if if it doesn't if it's not pliable in his hand, if it's marred and, and lumps are in that, he can't shape even though his imagination he sees this beautiful vase. He sees this beautiful uh utensil or whatever he's creating. But if the clay is not pliable into his hands, he cannot form it. And some of you, and some of you older ones, let me talk to you out there. You're sitting in the sidelines and you're bitter and you're mad at this preacher and you're mad at that person, you're mad at that brother and sister, and you wonder why you can't advance forward because you're not pliable in the master's hand. He can't finish you. He can't finish you. You're too hard. You're too bitter. You got resentment in you. You resist. Every time he tries to mold you, every time he shapes you, you're resisting. You want to do it your way. You think you're at Burger King. You can't have it at your way. You have to do it his way. You got you to be like Jesus. Let your will be done, Father. Shape me, mold me into what you want 
for me. Oh, come on. See, the finishing is how pliable you are because God will do the finishing. He will place his anointing on your life. When God places his anointing on your life, or the anointing, the ability to be and the ability to do, that's what the anointing is for, to be and to do what God's called you to do. And when that's on your life, nothing, did you hear me? I said nothing or no one, no devil, no man, no government can stop you. The reason why you're not, why I'm not in that position. Well, the reason why you're not in a position is because of you. Because if God wants you in that position, nothing can stop you. If God wants you into a place, nothing can stop it. When God finishes you, when God molds you, he makes you into what he wants and his destiny for your life, the blueprints for you must come upon the earth and must finish what he has started in your life. Nothing can stop it. If God said it, no one can stop it. Listen, new convert, Christian, let, let, let me tell you this. If you get a hold of these basic truths, you will leap beyond your years. Matter of fact, you're going to leap beyond that people have been sitting in church for over 20 years. I'm telling you, I dare you. I dare you to walk this out for 90 days. Walk it out for a couple months. L l feeding off the word with receiving the spirit of truth, building your foundation, and then what? And then what? And then what? And then what's next? Then the uh, uh, the framing of the framing, the framing of your mind. Let God's word to frame. In other words, you're not partaking of the world. You're getting out of the world and getting more into the kingdom of God. Let God form you. Let God, let the kingdom of God come upon you. Let your mind change how you think you will be. Let your mind be in Christ. And then finally, let let the finishing. Or the hand of God mold you. In other words, be humble. Be pliable. Allow yourself be in the master's hand. Allow the anointing come upon your life. And God will raise you up. Let me say this in closing is this. If you walk in humility, God's promise to you that he will lift you up. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God says, I will raise you up in the midst I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. The government's against you. God says, I'll raise you up. If I'm for you, you can be against you. If you stay humble before God, if you be pliable in the master's hand, God will lift you up, young man. God will lift you up, young lady. Nothing can stop. Everything that God put upon your heart, all those dreams, all those visions, all those things that he has put upon your heart, you will see it. You will complete it. I guarantee you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, bless the Lord. I know I spoke a lot, said a lot. Uh, John, um, do, we, do, do we have anything? Do we have any comments? Do we have any questions? Okay, we're going to pray for them. Mm. And uh, one way or other, it will come to pass. Either way, 
uh, either the easy way or the hard way. It's up to you. Amen. All this, he holds judgment in the end. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wendy mm -hmm. said at some point, she said, uh, pondering on the word of God day and night. Amen. Let that word of God. You know, well, you know, that's what she's saying there. It comes out of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is when, when, when the transition of Moses uh, to Joshua, Joshua's coming into leadership, and, 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 and basically uh, God was speaking to him. He says, God told him to meditate upon my word day and night, and you will have success. Why? Because the word of God will guide you and lead you. The word of God will not forsake you. The word of God will always be there. So the key is what? To digest. That word means that to digest it into your spirit. Let it all sink in. And you will have success. Yeah, Wendy also said that if you are in the word of God, you will know the enemy's schemes. Yes. So many people don't know the schemes of the enemy. You need God's word and also you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the discernment that you need. The, Holy, the word of God gives you the truth to stand on. You need to stand on truth but to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit works together as one. Amen. Uh, Bruce Kuhn has a question. Okay. Bruce Kuhn Jr. Okay. Uh, and he... His first question was, how do you remain humble? How do you remain Every day you surrender to God. And how you surrender to God? Not my will. Let his will be done. So how do you know his will? Back again. You got to start reading the word of God. Whatever the word of God is filling your heart with, just do it. Whatever God's telling you through his word. Will you read his word? Let me tell you something, uh, Bruce Jr. Go, go, go read the Beatitudes. Read the Beatitudes. How to live a simple life. If someone asks you to go one mile, you go two miles. You know, be a peacemaker. These things. That's how you know the will of God. That's how you be humble. Live out what you have just read. Live out the word of truth. That's how you do it. So, so many times we make it more difficult than what it is. What it is, whatever the word is speaking to you about, whatever your devotions, whatever you're reading, whatever book that you're in, book of the Bible, if you're in Romans, Whatever Romans is speaking to you about, walk it out. What's it telling you to do? And whatever the Bible's telling you at that hour in that season, just do it. And that is how you be humble. Submit yourself to God's word. Submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. When anger rise up within you and God tells you, uh, be angry and sin not. It's all right to be angry, but don't sin. Don't be throwing the frying pan. Don't be cussing someone out. Don't be flipping somebody off. Can I get any more basic than that? That's how you walk in humility. It's not putting sackcloth and ashes on your head and walking around saying, oh, I'm humble. I'm humble. No, no, that's not being humble. Being humble is to walk out the word of God. Whatever the Lord's telling you, whatever the Lord's speaking to you about, that's, a, that's being humble. Hallelujah. Uh, Nicola Williams 
Amen. It's all God's grace. Amen. How true, sis. That's good. It's all God's grace. It's God's ability in us that we're able to do what we do. And humility comes by surrendering to what the Spirit and what the Word is telling us to do. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I have a question. Yes, go ahead. What, what tips can you give somebody who is maybe a new uh, believer uh, of how to better understand the Word for themselves, you know, beyond Sunday? Uh-huh. Um, Two things. Two things. I think every person needs someone to walk with. You need to be discipled, I'm trying to say. You need someone to walk with. Wherever you're going to church at, you need to go to your spiritual leaders, pastors, elders, deacons, whoever, and say, who can I go to to walk with? I need someone to walk with. And make sure that the, this person that you're walking with is spiritual. But that's the reason why you need to go to a spiritual leader and say, guide me to somebody. And that person that they guide you to, I pray that they will put, take you and put them under your wings, meaning that they will walk with you, talk with you, call on you, and say, okay, let's read Scripture together. If you have any questions, ask me, and we will study together. A good teacher or a good mentor will say, I don't have all the answers, but together we can find the answer. But if you get someone that's a know-it-all, be careful. But, but to answer yourself, get with someone that can help you to break down the scriptures, even through you go through difficult times. If you're struggling, we all struggle, that you have someone to call and say, I'm struggling right now. Can you pray with me? Can you come over? That's what I'm talking about. So that should be your first step. Get with some, Connect with someone to get you through the process, what I call discipleship. So, yes, so, folks, please hit the share button. I, I really believe this is uh, some key things that new converts, you know, some of you older ones already know a lot of this and you understand this. But let me tell you something. Those that have been two years and under, uh, they don't really don't have, they, they've heard it, but they really don't have the revelation of it or the reve revealing of it. And I really believe that they need to hear these nuggets or these principles that they need to apply to their life to see the importance of the Word and the Spirit as they work harmony together. They're not separate. They're together. They're one of the same. Hallelujah. <laughs> Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Word and the Spirit. They're all one. They're all together. Hallelujah. They work together. The Word, it brings structure and direction, and the Spirit brings the life. Hallelujah. And that is our foundation. This is what we build our foundation on. With that, now we can build our spiritual house. Amen. Prayer? Prayer is so important. Prayer is your connection. You know, we got electricity in this room. What what's what given us this electricity? The the power that's coming from these uh, poles outside has given us the power. But to get this power, we must plug into the power, and that's what prayer is. You just plug it into the power. You're plugging in. The prayer is the plug in. You plug yourself into God. And how do you do that? You simply just talk to him. <laughs> just have a conversation with God. And a conversation always have a dialogue. You know what dialogue? It means it takes two. <laughs> In other words, you don't do all the talking. Let him speak to you too. It's not a mono. It's a dia dialogue. Two. Have that conversation. Pray some and wait and listen to him 
as he speaks to your heart. It takes time to learn how to do this. Yes, it takes time. But as you submit to God, humble, humility, God will speak to your hearts a certain way. Only, only how you receive it. As you pray to him, he's going to, he's going to, he's, he's going to speak to you. And you have this conversation. And now you're walking with God. Now you become a friend of God. Hallelujah. You start walking with God. You start hearing his voice a certain way. He start nudging you a certain way. He start leading you a certain way. He start guiding you. So then, then what? That's a relationship. That's what Christianity is all about. It's not rules and regulations. It's what? It's a relationship. And that's what a relationship is all about. It's that communication. It's that dialogue. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yes. He is saying that supposedly there are two different kind of deserts, desert seasons. Okay. Uh, what he means by that is there's a desert season that is led by the Spirit, that, you know, like Jesus was led into the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And there's also deserts that is led by ourselves and our mistakes and our, our you know, poor choices. He's asking, I guess that's, but. How do you know the difference? Because well, sometimes you can't know the difference. Like, it's hard to tell. How sometimes hard to tell? Well, when, if you're sitting in the desert, ask yourself, how did you get here? <laughs> in other words, is it because you made some bad decisions? Is it because of the decision that you made that you end up at this place? Well, if it's a decision that you made that you brought you to, to this place, well, guess what? You made, you made a choice of life and death, and you choose death, or you choose the wrong direction. And because of that, there's consequences. But if the Spirit lead, leading you, it's not because you made a choice, it's because what? It happened. You showed up, it happened, and now you're in a situation that you didn't, you didn't ask, you didn't bring this on yourself, but it just happened. It's called life. It's called, it's called opposition. And because of that, now you do the same thing with Jesus. Use the word of God. It is written. Here we go. Foundation truth again. Foundation truth again. It is written. That's what, Jesus didn't mess around with the devil. It is written. Every time. It is written. It's the same thing what you do. In your desert, it is written. What does the word is telling you? It is written. And whatever it is written, that is what you do. If you're in a situation that you shouldn't be, get out of there. You're in a situation, life and death, pick life, the life of Christ. That's what you do. Hallelujah. See, the, the struggle is when you want to give into the flesh. That's where the struggle is. That's what James says. The reason why you're struggling and why the temptation you're giving into temptation is because your flesh loves it and likes it, and that's because. It's not because the devil's big bad. The devil's been defeated on the cross. I hate to tell you that. It's just because this old man. <laughs> this old man liked things. Your old man liked things. And that's the reason why it's difficult. You know what to do. You know what to do. Do what God's telling you to do. And you'll be okay. Amen. Uh, Amen. Ray, yes. Last question. Okay. Uh -huh. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, if you're in a large church, it's so important to get into us. When he says life group, we call them life groups here. Basically, it's smaller groups 
of five, ten, no more than ten or twelve people in a group that most churches have the that's why you need to get involved because that's where I believe that's where the life of the church. In other words, you get to know your brother and sister and you be able to do church with them. What do you mean do church with them? You able to laugh, you able to cry, they know you, they're able to help you and you're able to help them. In other words, you really become the family of God. You really become your brothers and sisters. Because you're in a small group and an intimate group that you know one another. And that's when church becomes alive when you know your brother, when you know what's going on, when you're able to help another brother up or sister, when you're able to help another family. And at the same time, when I'm in need, someone in need. Let me say this quickly. A lot of people in larger churches say, oh, the pastor don't care for me. And they don't, this church don't care for me. Well, no one knows what's going on in your life because you're not involved in nothing. You, you, you just come on a Sunday and you run out of the church and no one even know you, you, you're faster than flash. And you wonder why no one knows what's going on in your life because you're not involved. But, but if you get involved in a smaller group, there will be someone there for you physically. So get involved. That's, uh, that's a very good question. Get involved in small groups. Life, we call them life groups, cell groups, sheep folds, whatever you want to call them. Uh, get involved in one. I think it's so important for the health of your spiritual life. So...